from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Looking at a national angle. We talked the national angle earlier with the Eastern Conference Finals. Now we're going to talk national angle for the Western Conference Finals. We have Sports USA's Nick Olchek joining us now. Nick, how you doing? You excited for this thing to get started on Friday? Well, thank you guys a lot for having me. This is uh, the best time of the year, uh, as you know, and I couldn't be more excited. Uh, you, you look at both matchups. You guys referred to the East, a great matchup out there, and, and the West with, with Vegas and Dallas. This is really shaping up to be a battle, a war of a series, and can't wait to get out to Dallas shortly to, uh, to see these two teams, these two heavyweights, uh, go toe-to-toe. Now, Nick, I know maybe it's a little bit of the East Coast bias, or maybe it's the fact that we're you know we're in Raleigh, but we pay so much attention to the Eastern Conference Finals. What are what are folks who aren't staying up late watching the Western Conference Finals? What are they missing? What what should we expect with this one? Yeah, there's a certain weight to the game uh, that both these teams play, uh, and it's how they hang out of the puck. It's the physicality that both these teams possess. Uh, you look at the, the really the track in which both these teams have run to get to the Western Conference Final, where the Vegas Golden Knights took on a really good Winnipeg Jets team in the first round. They step by them, and then they move on into the second round and just had a whale of a matchup against the Edmonton Oilers. And for a lot of games in that series, handled and suppressed arguably the two best players, the best player and arguably the second best player in the league, that being Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and really suppressed and suffocated those guys on the offensive side. I mean, to do that really speaks volumes, I think, uh, to the team defense of the Vegas Golden Knights because I think when a lot of hockey fans think defense, they think just the defensemen or they think just the goalies when in reality it's also the forward's responsibility to help out in a defensive zone to make sure that they're not cheating on the offensive side and that they're back-checking. I thought the Vegas Golden Knights did that in a huge way all series against the Edmonton Oilers, and it starts with their main guy in Jack Eichel, who has not only been very impactful offensively, but I thought the full 200-foot game really complemented what Vegas was able to do in shutting down the Edmonton Oilers and punching their ticket into the Western Conference Final. And the Dallas Stars, this is a team that had a wonderful season second in the Central Division, just behind the Colorado Avalanche, and a team who has the current and active leader in points in the playoffs, that being Rope Hintz, who has been nothing short of phenomenal and played a really important role in their success to this point uh, in the playoffs. Their first round was a pretty darn good one uh, for the Dallas Stars, beating the Minnesota Wild, who mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people picked that series to go seven games. A lot of people picked the Minnesota Wild, but it was Dallas who came out on top in the, in six games. And then it was an absolute battle of a second-round series between the Stars and the Seattle Kraken, who no one thought the Kraken would make it no. to where they <laughs> did, and the Dallas Stars uh, eventually uh, you know, won that, that series in seven games. But it took a lot out of them. Both those teams went toe-to-toe, but for me, I think for the Dallas Stars, in goal is where they have an edge. And when I look for an edge in the series, I look in between the pipes. Jake Ottinger really, to me, is an X-factor. I think he's a top-three goaltender in the National Hockey League, 22 games played in his playoff career. And then you look at both goaltenders for the Vegas Golden Knights, 
a combined mm-hmm. 14 games. So it's not a huge disparity, but I just think when I look at this team in this matchup, it's going to be hard-hitting. It's going to be physical. It's going to be very defensive because although both these teams have great offensive players, they know how to shut it down and lock it up uh, from defensemen and the goaltending position. Nick Oltek, Sports USA, joining us here on the Houston Automotive Group Hotline alongside Luis Fernandez, Dennis Cox here with you, giving us a perspective on who the Canes are going to be playing in the Stanley Cup Final, whether it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights or the Dallas Stars. My, my question for you, uh, Nick, is this. I know you're out there you're covering Seattle often, and for us here in, in Raleigh and this area, we often sometimes feel overlooked. Now we look at the, the final four teams left in the Stanley Cup finals and the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're seeing Raleigh, South Florida, Dallas, and Vegas. Non-traditional hockey markets, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. as you could say. Yeah. But there's a ton of star power throughout these playoffs still. Why should the NHL embrace the fact that, yeah, the non-traditional markets – also have great fan bases and passionate fan bases, and why should it be embraced mm-hmm. by national, by, by not only national media, but hockey fans as a whole? Yeah, we want the game to grow. Yeah, uh, You exactly. guys know this, being in Raleigh. The second that the game of hockey at the National Hockey League level and the grassroots level, as soon as it starts to lose popularity – As soon as people stop wanting to go to games, then we know there's an issue. I love, and I mean that with every fiber of my being, I love the fact that we have some, quote, end quote, non-traditional hockey markets, which in my mind, Carolina, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on with you guys, but Raleigh, what a hockey town. Yeah. I mean, the support is, is unreal. You could say the same for Vegas. They sell out every game. They have an incredible atmosphere there. Dallas has had history, great history in their franchise. Uh, and the Florida Panthers, who have put together a wonderful season, especially down the stretch, and have truly been uh, an incredible story uh, in the postseason. But I love it because I want the game to grow. I want more people to see the game of hockey at the highest level. And, yeah, they might say, hey, you know, the, 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 the ticket prices are less expensive in Florida as opposed to if Toronto was in the, the conference final. But you know what? To me, that gives more people more mm-hmm. of an opportunity to, to, to get into the door and to maybe say they see one playoff game in Raleigh, they see one playoff game in, in Florida, they see one playoff game in Dallas, maybe they're a hockey fan for life, and then they keep coming back and back and back again. That's what I want. So I love the fact that, uh, that we're seeing uh, these markets and these teams get to this point. A, because I want to see the game grow, and B, because these teams have earned it, and I don't think anybody would want it any other way. Nick Oltek, Sports USA, final question for you in 60 seconds or less. Uh, Who are the Canes playing in the Stanley Cup Finals? Is it Dallas or is it Vegas? Yeah, I I give the edge to the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Um, I think they're just deeper up front. Uh, I think their back end is – is stronger than that of the Dallas Stars. Uh, the, the Stars have a couple of great D, in particular, Miro Haskinen, who can skate with the best of them. And this takes nothing away from Dallas. Uh, guys, I think we're going seven games in the Western Conference Final. I really do. I think this is going to be a hard-hitting series. There's going to be offense, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get a game where it's 6-5 to five, and then a couple of games where we get really close scoring 2-1 or 3-2. So this is going to be – uh, a real heavyweight series between two teams that have earned the right to get here. 
that play an offensive style but know how to shut it down and play defense when they need. So this is going to be a, a really strong and well-competed uh, Western Conference final, but I'm equally as excited, too, to, to watch you guys down there in Carolina battle the, uh, battle the Panthers because I'll tell you what, we got two conference finals that are setting up to be two instant classics. Nick Olchek joining us from Sports USA on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Nick, thank you so much. Let's hope seven games in the West, four games in the East. I think that sounds sounds about right. <laughs> you guys got it. Enjoy, and uh, all the best down there to all the Caniacs in Raleigh. All right, Nick, thank you so much. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. So this first part of the Daily Check, that number five kind of goes out to all the people who are just old enough to have played these games back in the day, if you will. Uh, EA Sports will be letting FBS players opt into their 2024 video game. You might remember a lot of what was going on with the, the player name, image, and likeness really got started with the, the Ed O'Bannon uh, lawsuit, I believe, with back yeah. in, during all that when NCAA football was a big thing. They've gone off for a while. They'll be coming back with a game next year. So... Dennis Cox, what are your thoughts? You, were you a big fan on this video game? Did you play oh, a lot? absolutely. So I actually remember when I first moved to Raleigh back around that time. It was actually the fall of 2014. Yeah. And that was the last year that we had EA Sports uh, NCAA football. 14 was the last year that we had that. And I remember playing that video game with my brother-in-law. And he actually had a campaign, or I guess a campaign, but... He decided, I'm going to go with Tulane as my school. And he ended up doing recruiting classes, playing all the games and things like that, building up to a national championship. That was a fun video game. And the gameplay also was just a lot of a lot of fun as well. So I'm very much looking forward to these games coming back. And I think it's also really cool that athletes can now be a part of it. And how cool is it to say that if you're an 18, 19 year old kid, hey, I'm in a video game. I mean, like just to say that, like, yeah, I'm in a video game. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, it, it was one of those things that always like, well, duh, you should be paid for your your face to be in a video game when that's like the whole the whole thing, right? It's the players that you're playing. It's it hits a little bit different when you're playing with John Smith as quarterback from Alabama instead of Bryce Young, but. But I digress on that front. A couple of things to watch, by the way, according to ESPN's reporting, there were still some schools that were holding out a little bit. Following Wednesday's uh, agreement, officials at Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Tulane, ah, tying in there, green wave. said their schools would now opt into the game. The one one of the schools that we're still kind of holding out for to see what their decision will be, Notre Dame. Of course it's Notre of Dame. Of course it's Notre Dame. Are they going to have their own independent football game? Yeah. Is that exactly, what they're going to do? That's exactly what it's going to be. Just, just Notre Dame. Just just Rudy. That's just the name of the game. It's an RPG. Yeah, so one of the reasons that Notre Dame has not opted fully into it yet is because they want to make sure that there's some sort of NIL deal in place yes. that they want to make sure that their athletes can be part of it and have some level of compensation if they choose to opt in. So 
Yeah, right now they're the lone holdover, but that was the case for a lot of schools. Yeah. Was the the NIL deal. But again, it's just, it's Division One school. So, for example, you could play as East Carolina or App State or UNC, NC State, Duke, Wake Forest. You yeah. could be you be you. I'm not sure if UNC Charlottesville or not. I think they might. Yeah, they, be. No, they would be because yeah. be, that's the they're Conference USA. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, or American or no, whatever it is. Yeah, they're yes, they're they're a group of five school. Yeah. They're yeah, they're a group of five. But anyway, any of the the top ten conferences. Are all in on this? Yes. The only again, the loan holdout. Notre Just Dame. give me, give me an opportunity to build a player and like take them through the whole thing. Like I, I want to figure out the what recruiting my recruiting like, process, the recruiting process. I, wanna... I, I want to pick a major. Yeah. I want, I want to go to classes. I, I want, I want it to be just immersive. Make That's... it like a Fire Emblem, like Three Houses game for all those. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, but but football that would be that would be it for me that'd be fun that should be an option should be like all right this is this is a Saturday night after the game are you uh, are you working on your recovery or you're going out partying yeah like, exactly it impacts, like, and, yeah it impacts your score for your, practice your scoring and all that kind of so that's that's actually a good one all right next up one of the four all of the four or half of the four all right number four here on the daily checkdown brought to you by Window Nation conference finals are underway in the NBA. We saw last night the Nuggets take down the Lakers. Remember, clearly 132-126 last night. Nikola Jokic, massive triple-double, 31-24. 31-21 and 14. That's crazy. 31 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. He's gonna and, Has he had a 30-20-20 playoff game yet? I don't know, but he's, he's going to get one soon if that, he hasn't. Now, 20 assists alone in a single game is impressive to do it as a big man like that along with 30 points and 20 plus rebounds well, that would be phenomenal he i was watching the game uh and you know he in the first quarter he almost had a triple double just yeah. in and of itself and the lakers did start off slow on that one like they they even said after the game they were not ready they were kind of resting they they weren't taking it super hard at the very beginning of it but i mean he's just what what jokic does night in and night out it's so impressive i mean i think he had how many? What was the? Uh, do you have the box score in front of you? I actually, I'll pull it up here real fast. Because he also he scored a bunch and really did not take many shots. Like that's he was been... twelve of seventeen shooting, including three of three from behind the arc, seven of eight from the line. I mean, it's that's just classic Jokic at yeah. this point, where it's just efficient in in all of its ways. I I understand like the arguments for why Joel Embiid got MVP and people who made the arguments. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I totally understand. But like, man, Jokic, Jokic is is he is he the best player in the world right now? I think he might I, be. I wouldn't disagree with you. I mean, if you said otherwise, I feel like I'm probably behind the times a little bit, just even questioning that. But I mean, he's just. And we almost had a triple double from LeBron James. He had 26 points, yeah, 12 rebounds, nine assists himself. Anthony Davis had 40 points. And he had 10 rebounds to go with it. It's if remember the Nuggets have never made it to the finals. Never, never. They are three games away now. Who do you want? Who do you want for the finals? Like yeah, game one general? tonight between Celtics and Heat. Okay, so I'll, I'll start with Celtics Heat. Um, I I just I love the wave that the Heat are riding. It's so much fun okay. for the culture, all that stuff. Okay. Um, I, I I think the Heat getting there would be really fun. Um, and then I mean I'm, I'm a Lakers guy, so I'd say Lakers. I want the bubble rematch. But at the same time, like I'm I'm at a point with these these four teams that are left. You're gonna no matter what the matchup is, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a really good time. Um, you know, if, if the Lakers don't get to the finals, I want it to be um, a little more chaotic because I think the NBA needs a little bit more um, of that parity that we see so often with like the NFL. What about you, Lakers Celtics? Because why not? Okay, why so, not? Everything everything that I said, but just say forget about it. Pretty much. Let's go to the next one. One two three. Speaking of the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets 
if they want to get anywhere close to the Eastern Conference Finals, they better hope this number two pick that they got works out well. The They felt just short of winning winning the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes mm-hmm. in the NBA draft lottery last night. They're the second pick in the draft. So we've talked about this a little bit, Dennis. Number two, assuming the Spurs pick Victor Wembanyama, which, you know, of course they are. If they don't, Wouldn't they, that be should, funny? Be, Wouldn't they that be should be funny. Everyone should be fired. Wouldn't that be so funny? Everyone um, should be fired. No, it's not. By, by the way, go to go look at Tony Parker's like social media pages. He put out this really cool picture of Victor Wembanyama in a Spurs like jersey. Yeah, I, let, it's I, a cool let's, story. Let's get into that. Get into that well, story. So, so, so much of the Spurs dynasty. I mean, in in the mid two thousands, obviously it was, um, you know, carried by people like Tim Duncan. Yeah, shout out Wake Forest, but. He also, it was also so much about international players. The Tony Parkers, the Manu Ginobili's, the Boris Diaw's, like those those type of players. And what that led to is the Spurs having a large presence internationally, especially in France with Tony Parker. Yeah, Tony uh, Parker being from France. Yep. Exactly. So uh, what, what ends up happening is a lot of, there's a, a very large Spurs contingency in France. And so Victor Wembanyama of French descent, a, a French player, is, you know, has grown up a big Spurs fan. Has got, like, the Tony Parker merch. It, it's essentially one of those situations where I, I am not going to, like, I'm, I'm going to stop with the LeBron Wembenyama comparisons. But it's kind of, in, in a sense, to a lesser degree, but in a sense, kind of similar to LeBron going to the Cavs and mm-hmm. having that Akron, Ohio background and all of that stuff. Yeah. There are a lot of people who like San Antonio uh, in, in France, and now Victor Wembanyama is going to play there. And that's that's really cool. See, I, I, I never knew that they actually had that connection because I knew Tony Parker was from France, but I didn't realize that Wembanyama grew up a Spurs fan because th- th- of that. There's a picture of him with Tony Parker. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. But whomever the Hornets take at number two, you better nail it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, despite all of their struggles that they've had as a franchise since returning to Charlotte as the Bobcats, gross. But they've had so many struggles as a franchise that despite all their losing, high picks have not come often for them. Now I think they hit that's one just the draft lottery luck. It. Well, yes, but I think they hit one really well with LaMelo Ball. Sure. I think P.J. Washington's a good player. Another lottery pick in recent years. But Mark Williams, I think, is emerging into being a really good player for them. A solid solid player, yeah. If they want to truly go like a pick-and-roll route, he's a great ride for that. But you got to get this one right. You just have to because... You're gonna have four. You're gonna, you're looking at four lottery picks starting for you next season with this number two pick. You, this is one you got to get. And their salary cap situation is not very good, which is odd to think about for a team that overall hasn't been good. But it's amazing how two seasons ago we looked at this team like, oh, they went forty three and thirty nine in the regular season. Yeah, and. Things were trending in the right direction. You have this great young rookie in LaMelo Ball. You have P.J. Washington and all these other young guys, Miles Bridges. And, man, things fell off. The wheels fell off so, so quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, that's absolutely true. But I think it's it comes down to now one of two players at number two, right? You either get you go the guard route and get Scoot Henderson, or you go the wing, small forward route, and you get Brandon Miller. Yep. Um, two totally different players, two exciting prospects for their own reasons. Scoot Henderson, 6'2", 195, kind of like an elite point guard. 
if you pair him with Lamelo, then he's going to be more of your driver, um, and Lamelo is going to be more of your kind of shooting outside. Both kind of starting more of, I guess, a combo guard type role. You worry about the defense a little bit on that one. Elite athleticism, though. Um, he, he's not a great three-point shooter uh, in the G League this year because that's where he's coming from is the G League. He shot 27.5% from three, yeah. which is not ideal. The the best-case scenario comps that you're seeing with Scoot Henderson are like Derrick Rose, Prime Russ Westbrook. Like that kind of oh, okay. athletic guard mix. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's very enticing. I'd take it. I, I know you would. I'd take that. I know, I know you I would. I mean... When's the last time Charlotte had a player like that? Just saying. Um, and then Brandon Miller would be the other option. And with Brandon Miller, you start to dive into the, a lot more of the Alabama situation, uh, the the shooting, yeah. um, you know, the uh, a young woman being killed. Um, and listen, Woj during the NBA draft lottery said that a lot of teams have already looked into that and have said they feel they they feel good about what they know and aren't super concerned about his character stuff. I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit harder to move on from than just, yeah, it's fine. Um, but from, from a basketball perspective, I mean, he's 6'9", 200. The best-case scenario player comp you hear with him is like Kevin Durant, like that type of player. He needs to build out his frame a little bit more. He's a solid NBA athlete. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what path the Hornets go down. Mm-hmm. It's better to pick a two than to pick a five. I know that much. And I don't Next even up. care who number two is. All right, Carolina Hurricanes are in action tomorrow night, but it looks like they might actually have Luis Fernandez. Some Me? help. Might actually have some help. Tabo Teravainen has been back at practice over the last week. Not only was he back at practice, but full participant in practice. He wasn't wearing the non-contact yellow jersey. A non-contact jersey, again, similar to what you see in football, where the quarterback... Wears like like most usually it's a red jersey, but a different color jersey than everyone else. Saying, "Don't touch that guy." That's what he was wearing at practice up until the last several days, where he's been a full participate, full participant in practice. Skated alongside Jordan Stahl and Martin Natchez today. Here's Rob Brindamore earlier this afternoon talking about Turbo and his status. Well, hopefully he's going to play. You know, I haven't even talked to him since he cut off the ice, but you know, we'll we'll probably morning skate and make the determination after that but he looked good so where he goes i'm not even sure yet but you know he's probably um gonna play with one of those guys you know on the top somewhere i mean obviously so and then i'm sure it'll change you know might not game to game but it's it'll change as we as we know so it's more just if he can go and he feels like he's you know ready ready then you know he'll be in there Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org slash nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th. 
welcome to our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. I'm excited to see him back in the lineup. Well, he's just going to, like, it's like doubling down on what the Hurricanes have been so good at. You know, power play killing and, you know, the strong defensive effort and all that stuff. He, he It's, it's kind of like just like the, the strong parts of your team getting stronger. I mean, it, if he's able to get out there, which it sounds like he's going to, you know, based on just the progression, having mm-hmm. an extra week, you know, we complain about the schedule, but man, having that extra week um, between the uh, second round and the conference finals, oh. huge, huge for we him saw, getting healthy. We saw last year when Colorado made their run and won the Stanley Cup, they actually swept two series. And one thing that benefited them is like they just didn't have the wear and tear of having to go six or seven games in multiple series in a row. They were able to sweep in both the conference semis and the conference finals last year. And, and I know people would like to bring up the rest versus rust situation. I'm not having that. I'm not that. The, everyone gets. I think a they're going to be break. totally fine. I think I think they'll be just fine. Rod Brindamore is a fantastic coach and knows how to get the guys motivated. All of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, you look at Tara Vinen, He broke his hand in game two against the Islanders. I'm sorry, he had his hand broken. <laughs> no, he didn't break his hand. He had his hand broken. There's a yes, difference. Yes, yes, that's fair. That's fair. He had his hand broken uh, on April 19th. So, less than a month later, he may be you know, making his return on May 18th. I, I, You lose track of time during the postseason, but that still feels like a very wild turnaround. And it could be huge injury luck for the Canes. They need it. Now, Canes had the experience of going to the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2019. Rob Brindamore was asked about, hey, 2019, you're a bit of the underdog, but what about now in 2023? How is it different? You guys were an underdog. Nobody was kind of expecting that kind of run from you guys. But now this season, you've been a favorite. Each series, you've been favorite, top team in the league. Has the emotions felt different coming into it this year than it did back then? Wow. First of all, depends who you talk to being favored. Because I remember everywhere I read, we were supposed to lose every round, and probably a lot of you in this room said, and I don't blame you. I understand why. It, you know, we had a lot of injuries and and whatnot, but um, it definitely feels different. You know, we were we're five years into the same core group, and you know, these guys have grown up in this time, you know, this time of year playing, and had a lot of, you know, I don't want to say. A lot of setbacks, a lot of like, you know, we didn't we didn't reach where we wanted to go. So that's what's fueling this group right now. And so we're definitely we have a different feel for sure. I mean, it's it definitely is two different teams. Uh, one thing looking up, I believe it was nine skaters from the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals are still with this team. Yeah. So, you know, I just I, I kind of I said this earlier and I, I, I stick with it. I feel I feel like there was almost more pressure on this Canes team to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, to get past that second round. And they've done that. And I think at this point, you have the opportunity to really play free, play loose, if you haven't been playing free and loose already. I mean, the, the Canes have... What, there's only been one game, it feels like, in the entire series where they were not there, they were not ready for it, the entire postseason, I should say. Yeah, and that was the game three loss against New Jersey Devils on the road. They got blown out 8-4. And then they they blew the Devils out in like every other game after yeah. that. So, I just... It, it, it's interesting. Um, but but he's but he's right in the fact that the Canes were underestimated and, and overlooked. Like it, Which is... It's always so funny to say that when like a team finished second in points in the regular season. But... It's just the, just the facts of it. But they've they've shown time and time again 
that they are able to kind of push through those narratives uh, to show how deep this roster is, how well crafted this roster is, and how good the coaching is. And a lot of times when you have those kind of in that injury bad luck or or whatever it might be, it's those things that get you through. Um, you know, we've we've had two national correspondent folks from from uh, you know, covering the NHL come on here over the course of the day and. You know, well, the one thing you hear from both of them is, man, Rod Brindamore is a heck of a coach. Mm-hmm. He is, he is, he gets the most out of this Hurricanes roster. And this Hurricanes roster has been in the playoffs five years in a row now. They are prepared, they're battle tested. It's almost, it almost feels like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> like, okay, what's going to go wrong here? And now they have an opportunity to, you know, get back the Stanley Cup finals. And, that would be I know I know that would be some special a special few games here in PNC Arena if they're able to get to that spot. Going right. to be special few games here in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's for sure. Let's get to our top story. ACC meetings are taking place Luis Fernandez. You bet they are. And there's been a lot of discussion about this week about how can teams get out of can, can conferences sorry, can schools in the ACC find their way possibly into other conferences if they're able to get out of the ACC's Grant of Rights Agreement. Again, the Grant of Rights Agreement, for those who may not know or not fully familiar with it, is that your media rights, the money that you make of media rights, basically belongs to the ACC if you try and jump ship and go somewhere else. So, okay, if you want to go to the SEC, if they invite you over, great. All the media money that you get from the SEC... That goes over to the ACC through the year 2036. 2036. That's a lot of money, a lot of time of not making money. It's a lot. It's a lot. Plus, it's going to cost you about $120 million to just even leave the conference as a whole. So not a lot of people, not a lot of schools have that chunk of change in order to, to pay that out. No. But the conversation has been driven about money in terms of, okay, how can we close the gap as the ACC close the gap between us and the SEC and the Big Ten in terms of media, in terms of not just media revenue, but just revenue generation as a whole. Because you're looking at the SEC and the Big Ten paying out anywhere from 35 40 maybe even up to $50 million more than what the ACC is paying their schools right now. And, okay, that's a massive competitive advantage when – Basically, the SEC is going to be paying double than what the ACC is getting right now. So how do you close the gap financially in order to still be competitive on the field and not just revenue-generating sports, but all of them? And it's it's the compounding factor mm-hmm. of all of that, too. It's this big difference again and again and again. We had Brian Murphy uh, from the WRAL, a sports investigative reporter. We had him on earlier on the show, which you can listen to the best of 99.9 The Fan podcast as well as on the 99.9 The Fan YouTube page. Subscribe, hit the notification button, all of that good stuff. Um, and, and he really, I think, went into really good detail about just, you know, wh- what this all means and what the problems start to present. He, he mentioned a conversation that he had with uh, Courtney Banghart earlier in the year, UNC's women's basketball coach. And, you know, she said part, part, of, the, part of the issue is you need the, the money, like the TV rights stuff. You want that to be paying for the big picture type things, the things that you can do moving forward. And, you know, or I'm sorry, paying for like the, the, the facilities, those different things that you were adding that are making your program better versus the donors. You want the donors to be paying for NIL type stuff. 
that's the kind of dynamic you want there. But if you're not, if you're at a point where you're not getting enough money to pay for those new facilities, those new giant locker rooms or or indoor practice facilities or whatever you see coming out from you know the the big time programs of the world, and you're having to use the donor money for that, you're putting yourself behind the NIL, uh, you know, eight ball, and that's just that's just a big part of what these different franchises, these different, uh, you know, organizations are dealing with in the ACC. You, you just, you have to try and stay ahead of the curve. They're already going to be so far behind just based on the TV contract money. Yeah. You have to try and stay in third place because you, you cannot let a team like the, or a conference like the big 12, not the, remember the PAC 12, they're not really too much of an issue right now, but you can't start falling behind those folks. You have to find creative ways to make money. Um, that's the, the, the facts of life. That's what you're dealing with. And, it's an opportunity for the ACC to be innovative in how they generate the revenue. Innovative. And, for example, I heard Adam Gold mention this earlier today. I don't know what the NCAA rules are off the top of my head. I used to remember them more when I was coaching full-time about what can be displayed on a uniform. Why can't NC State strike up a deal with Bojangles? Why can't in terms of, all right, let's put, I mean, I think Bojangles is a sponsor overall with the ACC, that I do know. Okay, well, why can't Bojangles be on the sleeve of every uniform of football or a little patch on the basketball jerseys? Something like that. Why, why not? And again, I know the NCAA has different rules on what schools are allowed to do and display and things along those lines, but why can't we sell logos on a court? Like if, what, what what's holding it back? If as long as it's okay according to NCAA rules and mandates and stuff like that, yeah, go full commercialization. Yeah. Absolutely, get the practice facility sponsored. Get the make sure the stadium sponsored. Make sure the the you know the the blue zone area or whatever it is is sponsored. You know what I mean? Like get get all of that sponsored. Lean into it. Do what you got to do. There's so many there's so many different ways that you can can generate revenue possibly. Uh, even again, individual schools can also generate their own revenue as well. There's a reason why at Carter Finley Stadium, it's like the North Gate, the North, the North Gate there, the Plaza, it's like the LS Tractor, oh, Gate or whatever it is. Yeah, Gates, Gates at stadiums is a prime example of yeah, this. Do that. Continue to do those kinds of things, but the big issue for these schools, if you if you want to try and break away. There has to be a conference out there that wants to take you. Yep. And I don't know if the other two big conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, are that willing to just open their arms up and be like, sure, ACC leftovers, come on over here. I don't know if these if the if the Big Ten and the SEC are, are clawing and scratching in order to try and get some of these schools. I can see it for the big brands like North Carolina – yeah, I'm going after that brand because it's a big national brand. Duke, they don't carry the football cachet, but Duke is a national brand. And you can generate money for your conference f- by what? Postseason success. That's not just the college football playoff. It's also the NCAA tournament. Well, what schools consistently go deep into the NCAA tournament and have national brand recognition? Duke, Carolina, in racing years, Virginia has been making a lot of runs in the NCAA tournament. Now they're either getting they're going deep in the tournament, they're getting bounced in the first round. It's a different story for another time. But those are schools that are consistently getting in there. You you gotta I don't, it, it's it's so many different variables that factor into all of this. But definitely some of it is is the grass always greener on the other side. 
And yeah, you got you got to know where you're going to go. You got to know what you're going to do. Um, got to have a plan. You know, the actual uh, land grant agreement that you know we were talking about. It's it is a physical document that universities have to go to to inspect with their lawyers. Like it is it is not something that is sent to people because as Brian Murphy was saying earlier, if it was sent to people, then for organizations like WRL, for example, could get you know Freedom of Information Act and go go grab it and, and find out all the information. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't know that we have to kind of assume based on the workings of what other people are doing, based on earlier drafts of it that we have seen, things like that. So it's it's all very complicated, but you know, uh, the, the, it sounds like the ACC is going to be just fine in the moment. We'll see if the ACC will be just fine in the future. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.